What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ricker and Bond. Best episode yet. We talk about staples. We talk about Apple. We talk about crypto. We got a dope interview with Xander of Totem Earth talking about his product that he co-founded called Totem Earth, like I said just then. And it's pretty freaking cool. That'll be at the end. Stick around and hear that, Bon Jen. It's a chunky episode. Definitely listen to it on 1.5 times the speed. And maybe you'll finish it in three and a half hours or so. But yeah, it's a good one. So enjoy. And also have a good week. Love you. freaking produce that man they got some some rising synths hold up man god how good is drake i'm I'm sure very good just like just like i don't know he just did a concert with kanye yeah i saw that uh apparently they're just letting people in yeah yeah was was there a big trample and people died or what (laughs) nah everything was good i guess everyone was afraid that would happen so everyone was chill (laughs) Right, dude. If I was gonna, if I was gonna do that, I would do it the concert after Travis Scott. So everybody's like, "Hey, come on!" Relax. I like how Drake can like still perform and shit, and Travis like can't. <laughs> man, I was looking at Travis Scott, man, and like maybe he always had grills in before or something. But I was looking at him and I was like, "You look different, my guy." Maybe I don't see Travis Scott's face a lot. Probably the facelift he got. Did he get a facelift? Probably. I think so. Yeah. Ricker and Bond. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's Both Ricker and Bond in one place. Yes. Your ears or Only eyes. on Apple Music. <laughs> exclusivity deal, Apple. Only on Tidal. Dude, I, uh, Tidal has a free feature now. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. So you can... <laughs> Still not going to use it. <laughs> you can listen to the, uh, your plebe non-high fidelity stuff in uh, Shuffle. It's I kinda, I like it a little better than Spotify, not going to lie. Apple Music is high fidelity. Yeah, but it's not free. You guys still gotta buy it. That's true. Is there not a free tier? Um, I don't think so. I, I think I, there is. I don't know. I haven't really seen the ability to shuffle music pop out at me on on the Apple Music app. I uh, wait. You can't shuffle music on Apple Music. Yes, you can. Well, like for someone that doesn't pay for it. Oh sure. yeah, probably not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, I recently Spotify. did buy buy a couple albums in the past year so I could listen to them. Whoa! You talk. You talking about freaking uh, as things things go uh, cyclical, man. As 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 Web three stuff happens for musicians, people are going to be like, "Hey, you sure you don't want to own my stuff?" I think so. Yeah, probably. 
I think but, if I was like a kid that had never experienced CDs, CDs would be pretty cool to me. Probably go buy some. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think as, as people make it cool, but like cyclical as everything else is, but once you saw the streaming happen, it's like, this is all the music. What do you mean? But then it's like, this is too much music, man. I don't need all of this. I listen yeah. to like three albums. Too much choice. True. Netflix. What was the platform that didn't give you choice? I don't know. But I yes. watch the Netflix home screen more than I watch its content. It's fun stuff. They should they should make just like a page of you could watch trailers. You know how many people would watch trailers? You know, dude, so you many know people, you bro. That? You say, it's what? interesting because sometimes I just scroll through the like 15 second promos. I love I trailers. Just, let's be watching those. Like, trailers like, are little mini movies if they're done, right? Yeah. They're like, damn. Like, I, I've, I've said this before, but like sometimes the movie content I consume is literally just like YouTube like 15 minute YouTube things of like Easter eggs or like this movie explained and like, all right, I got the movie. What's good. So was bad. <laughs> I wanted soul to be good. I feel like there was another movie I was excited for. Soul was bad. The Spider-Man movie looks cool, man. <laughs> I do want to see that, but I'm going to wait till the hype dies down. I don't like sitting in crowded theaters. I'm good with that. Why well, isn't any, I mean, private theaters little one person theaters poor wine no make it super premium I, mean, I suppose but they have those expensive theaters where it's like maybe eight people in theater and they bring you dinner or you find a hobunk town that has a little tiny movie theater you may feel a little crowded space wise but less people wise you heard that netflix is buying a bunch of theaters in hollywood for oh, yeah? movie showings oh yeah dude Netflix. Netflix and Amazon. They're Amazon. just buying up theaters. That's a, it's, it's probably a good value bet right now. Dude, I love mag. Let me hold on. This, so I pulled up a headline. And this is from Wired. Magazines are the best, man. Magazines are like, they just, they put stuff in, your fr- in front of your face that like, they just dangle it in front of you. And they, it's super valuable stuff. And they're like, no one's going to read this magazine. These freaking buffoons. So good, great stuff in magazines, man. What magazines do you read? <laughs> Playboy. Definitely Playboy. You gotta read Playboy. I mean, just uh, their life stories, their 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 arcs, really. Their... <laughs> read it for the articles. <laughs> uh, I Are like you Steve Jobs in this one. Uh, you know your your Barons, your uh, your Business Weeks, your Bloomberg's, but then your Wired's, um, Fast Company. Um, uh, there's another one that I frequented that I forgot. Um, uh, do popular mechanics. Uh, mm. That's really good for like like machinery stuff. And all these kind of like, oh, popular mechanics is great. They talk about like extinction, like super cool tech stuff. Um, uh, Atlantic Geographic. sometimes has some, some good opinions. That's kind of more like people driven, <laughs> but I've read that a couple of times. Inc. Ink is good. Uh, what did you say? National Geographic is cool pictures. They do have good pictures. I uh, love love the pictures. <laughs> I, I really read for the pictures. I wonder if there's any magazines that are just all AI. See, I, I forgot to bring it up, dude. Uh, 
we had an interview that you'll hear at the end with Xander of Totem Earth. He's talking about the 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 eye stuff. And I, I've said this before, I'll say it again, dude. I just want a super efficient reading. I, I want to be able just to read with ease and at speed, bro. Give it to me. I'll give I'll put a contact in. It'll be cool. Just let me read efficiently and just like the best reading experience. You should make it. Okay. I'm sure there's a few a few products floating around that I could steal from. Just get some capital and just hire an engineer. So imagine this. You read, right? A lot of this stuff too is fun because like a lot of the products I have in my mind um, will be less clunky in the future. Like a lot of the things I'm 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 sketching out in my head like don't exist right now as as the technology is. Same. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I uh, I, I very much want to. Once I just have egregious amounts of money, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna pour a lot into just building like smart glasses or something, you know? Like like Steve Jobs poured fifty million of his own money into Pixar because he was mm-hmm. like, yo, this is the future of animation. I'm just gonna do that. There's a good uh, article in one of those magazines <sighs> with uh so- something someone that had to do something with, with Pixar. Um I have it physically, but I haven't read it yet, actually. Magazines are dope, man. You know, magazine sponsor. Oh, if I could get... Oh, let me hit up. Let me hit up somebody. They might mean a little more metrics, but... Yeah, uh, Jet Magazine. I look at you. I I see no Jet on on the... uh, The... the, What's the newsstand? I'll look hard. uh, Nickelodeon Magazine, what's up? Nick Mag, dude. I used to love Nick Mag. Yeah, that, I used to read the magazines. Comics. Are dope, dude. Why are magazines cool, man? They got a bunch of different ideas. They got it's physical. Physical. Are you talking about like magazine? The essence of like a paper magazine? Or are you talking about like the information, this? basically? So, like, if you were to pick up a tablet and read it, you're talking about that. Yeah, like Apple News. But it's, like it's, all that it's I I do enjoy. It's not as enjoyable to be reading electronically these magazines i it's 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 not the same and i think it's more efficient right now physically like uh, paper i think it's less efficient but i will say it was more enjoyable like getting a magazine in the mail and like reading it i think reading it is easier physically with paper than it is digitally really you can like zoom in and stuff like i zoom in i like read chunks at a time my eyes are bad. That's just me. That, yeah, I have I have no eye problems. There's 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 a little bit of like that uh, light distraction that comes from electronics. What if you're using like blue glasses, like a, a, a Kindle? Yeah, I have I have I there's there's an old iPad I have somewhere around here. I'm gonna try that. Because um, Kindles have that e ink where it's like not light. It's just like yeah. I don't know. I'll try that too. I think it might be okay on an iPad, but like, there's just, uh, yeah. Apple doesn't have a, a, a Kindle like, project. It's like paper, but you can't like really read it in the dark. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. If yeah, look it up on Google. It looks like a fucking like like paper. Piece of paper. Huh? <laughs> like it's crazy. I, I guess Tech it's is like crazy, paper. man. People are awesome. It's a, it's a new one or what? 
It's been out for a while. But it's like that gray one? Yeah. If they made it a little bit more papery, <laughs> like the color. The like one I my also like I just is, has his nuts. I don't know which one it is, but it looks real. I was saying like I want technology that is basically paper, but like not. So I, I want to be able to to record it very efficiently, read it very efficiently, have like audible in my ear, and and like track. Oh man, just track it optically. Um, Do you uh, you think smart glasses? should have outward facing cameras outward facing for what purpose to take pictures to take pictures and video um yes because i have i have kind of a vision of um like just pictures okay but yeah so cameras facing out but to do things like i'm reading i'm reading a book right and i want to encapsulate and record a, a a sentence or two i want to highlight it but do that with your eyes i see yeah apparently i don't know if this is true but apparently apple's glasses won't have a camera in the front for privacy but it will have this little lidar thing mm-hmm. that can like make out shapes mm-hmm. and stuff so it'll like be able to give you directions and like and shit but it won't be as good as a camera you know yeah uh for privacy reasons <laughs> i get that like but uh because snapchat and facebook have glasses with yeah. cameras on the front those light up like you yeah. know when you're recording but it's still kind of you, you get the green button maybe you put the green button there yeah or just a loud ass hey i'm recording right now they had that in china or some in some place where uh they put a feature on the iphone because people were taking like upskirt pictures like like ra- rampantly and apparently became a problem Really? I think uh, on on either on some kind of phone there, like they made it a weird, like yo, this guy's taking a picture. I think and on it, the iPhone in you. China, you can't take a picture without the the camera button going off, the camera mm. sound. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. It's that it's top loud. down family. Yeah. Um, this Netflix, <laughs> Amazon, Netflix and Amazon buying theater chains. Bon Jen, you ever heard of it? Yes. Oh, why are they trying to companies? They're trying to hit me with the freaking big old uh, good writing. You say, what about the both companies? I frequent both companies. (laughs) It's funny because Netflix and Amazon, it's not like you go to a place. (laughs) Well, like frequent usually you do physically. Um, Freaking wired, man. Just give me some deets. Damn, just give me those good ass Reuters. Ads. Reuters, yes, sir. Reuters Reuters is, is quick. It's a slam band thank you, man, what Reuters does. Um they're buying movie chains. Why do you think they're doing that? For premieres. For premieres. They'd be having hella premieres in Hollywood. Shout out my friend Chris, who invites me to those schmooze fests. Oh, Gerald. <laughs> Holy shit. Why do you sound exactly like him? Patrice? What's going on, my guy, dude? Bro. I haven't seen you in what is it now? <laughs> I can't do it, but it's working. He walks into a place and people know him. I mean, if, at, <laughs> at some point, it probably becomes a, a tiny bit less artificial. Yeah. It's like he made a good point. You know how, like, in the music industry, 
at least for performers, yeah. the younger you are, the better. Yeah. He was like, it's kind of the opposite in film. Like the older you are, like the more respect you get. That's fun. So like, mm, no one's gonna fuck. No one's gonna bit. take a a twenty four year old seriously because a twenty four year old hasn't made that much stuff. Doesn't have that much experience. But if you're fifty five and you made like a bunch of films, or in your sixties and you have like, you know, you're just like, okay, this is a Hollywood veteran. You know, mm-hmm. he's been making films since the seventies. Just volume of portfolio. I yeah, and Hollywood is like fifteen people. So by then you should know like a good amount of people. You know, if you do it right. The streaming giants are engaged in trench warfare as Disney, Apple, and AT&T. What's AT&T doing? Aim for a slice of Netflix's dominant market share. Reed Hastings Company is expected to see revenue growth slow to 18% in the fiscal year, down from 24%. Analysts polled Refinitiv. It's a cool name. (sighs) AT&T is Warner Bros. I see. Released 2021 slate simultaneously in both theaters and on HBO Max. That's what it is. I see. Go AT and T, bro. Wait, what does he release? Uh, just their their line is is coming out in theaters and HBO Max. Oh yeah, they also own HBO. AT and T is in like sixty billion dollars of debt, I believe. Well. Get out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just erase it. Well, just get out, dude. Um, if you have reserved currency, just print more. Maybe shouldn't have bought Tumblr. Did they buy Tumblr? No, that was uh, that was Yahoo. But who owns Yahoo? Someone owns Yahoo. Verizon. We, we've we, we've been through the whole shtick of who owns Yahoo. There's there's literally Rick and Bond clips of who owns Yahoo. It's a lady, and and her husband's like a some random business guy. I saw this. Uh, I Never mind. <laughs> totally, totally different. I mean, you could you could transition. Go, go ahead. I saw this TikTok yeah. about it was saying that like Nancy Pelosi's stock portfolio is worth something like sixty million dollars or something. She's one of the best traders, dude. She goes hard, but she makes like two hundred grand a year. She so goes like hard. they're like, yo, for sure, like she's insider trading. But people like copy her trades, and she's yeah. always right. Pelosi's portfolio, dude. I think I think uh, one of the Twitter accounts that was like mocking it or tracking it. I don't know. I haven't frequented it, but uh, I think it was banned recently. Damn. Yeah. She but yeah, that, that's someone on the board. That's a that's a. <laughs> he said, hey, come slid, on now, come on, come on. Jack some dough, bro. He said, he said no. <laughs> Jack was like, nah, we care. We don't care, bro. We'll keep it up, bro. And then in comes. Uh, she was like, yo, talk? Jeff. <laughs> yo, I know you got Twitter on your servers. Do me a favor. The, the the new cat Prague was like, all right, dude, none of this, dude. Let's take this, this let's take this government money in Prague wants to do. Prague Agrawal Agrawal. Agrawal. Did we talk about Dorsey leaving already or no? Who? Dorsey leaving Twitter? We talked about her. Uh we did. We didn't talk about him changing his name to Block. Oh. Square to Block. Man, that's interesting. There's uh, there's rumors about these companies changing names for uh, and CEOs selling a lot of stock for some reason as as court cases hike up and, that's, and I thought that was an interesting thing. Court cases for what? Yeah, you know, just you know, just, you know, because islands and chilling. whatnot. Everyone was chilling with Epstein. I don't know. Maybe dude, this was what people saying, and I'm just repeating what people say. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Square equals block. 
square uh, square crypto equals spiral um and then their 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 uh semi decentralized exchange is still tbd which is actually the name of it tbdex um uh, besides all the other stuff of like uh behind the scenes of why people are changing businesses which i don't know the information of i thought it was a pretty cool branding move um i like it the graphics are dope does it it's still like a square it's just a block it's a it's a 3d it's a 3d square baby hey come she on now we're evolving cute, but also walk chain yeah 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 very cool so jack that's, that's, my man when are you gonna trim the beard, my guy? <laughs> what I, you know, his answer to that is, dude. What? What's your net worth, my guy? <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't ask that question. He would I just, feel like he, he's a cool he guy. I don't away. know him, but he seems like a chill guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he would just be like, oh, I like the beard. Just <laughs> go on about his day. That's that's probably that's that's his version of asking. All right, dude. You know how much I'm worth. <laughs> You know what like I do? Someone who would ask that question is maybe like the ex CEO of Uber. Do you know the that one guy on 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 TikTok that does a uh, the rich versus really rich? Maybe I think so. Uh, he's the the kind of like generically white guy. Um, no no facial hair, black hair. Uh, I think if you knew off top, you'd know. But he does yeah. skits of like uh, of of how rich people act versus really rich. The rich people, the rich person would be like, all right, what's your CEO, dude? Or what's your net worth, my guy? And then the really rich would be like, I mean, I'm a fan of beards. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, actually, I made, I made a whole business because I love my beard so much. And I thought, you know, it looks really, really blah, blah, blah. Like, I just it's woke great, up dude. one morning, had an idea. <laughs> Turned 10 million into 150 mil a month. Fucking, there's this one guy on TikTok, and I don't even know if he's real. <laughs> But apparently he's like ri- he's rich and he's just like a fucking dick, dude. He's or is he really? So he's not really rich. He's not really rich. But <laughs> he's either he's rich like, or really rich. Yeah, he's. I'm just like, dude. Like, my god. Like, why are you so angry? It could be also, you know, Gary V was talking about why he's very on ten in his in his content, and he was like, well, dude, there's a lot of content out there. I gotta like make people somehow be gravitate towards mine and one way to do that is to be boisterous and somewhat polarizing nfts dude <laughs> you know i'm not really feeling a lot of gratitude from you dude i think you're gonna maybe post but, like six seven contents a day it's all yeah, about content gratitude but, but also bro the, you could literally you literally just told a brand a brand of a dude you did yeah. the quotation marks wonderful you did the high voice bro you did you did the the empathy it's like thank you for thank you for being my commercial dude like that's what it is that's number four dude bro the the gary v parodies aren't the best things i've ever seen and he it was it was actually i was reading an article chat magazine dude uh but you know it's it's very pro wrestling it's very wwe um he um, marketing you get five five traits that people identify you with and then boom 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 He's very good at reaching a very wide age group. That too. You could ask like a 13 year old and maybe like a 55 year old and they possibly might know who he is. That'd be a good question to ask him. Yeah. Well, probably he's, on, he's on like fucking from Snapchat to yeah. LinkedIn. Like, yeah, he, he loves the media, man. The medium rather. 
comedian, dude. Does he have like a family? <laughs> That's a really good question. Does he have like a wife and kids? You know, I venture to say no. Honestly, but if he does, legendary, dude. <laughs> I feel like, uh, fuck. I feel like he, he. He said he kicked it with his dad. He's big. He's big on family. We know he's big on family. <laughs> but what? So I was listening to this, uh, uh, a Discord chat with uh, one of the people on his uh, uh, Gary. Uh, what's it called? NFT. What's his, his NFT branch called? Uh, Gary VNFT. And he does have he, a wife. He does, eh? Lizzie Vaynerchuk. No married way. 2004. She's, oh, you're... Oh, my goodness. Oh, she's this... She. Oh, my goodness. She's very attractive. There's like a couple pictures of different women, so I don't know which one is her. Ah. Uh, oh. What a nice uh, lady. That one looks more his attractiveness level. <laughs> so, yeah, what were you saying, VNFT? Uh, one of the people on his team's... Um, I was talking in Discord one time, uh, and he said he also he doesn't talk about money really, unless it's talking about like money as it regards to business. But yeah, you don't hear him talking about you know strict wealth or money. Likes the the grind, the process. That you know, that is that is the thing. That's it's just uh, so good at it. The money comes with it. That's usually how it works, man. I do like he did you see his NFT clip talk where he's talking about how he made ninety one million dollars this year off of VN, VNFT. So yeah, he made ninety one million dollars. And like I'm looking at him like, dude, this is like he's literally sitting there in sweatpants and like a beanie. Rich versus really rich. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, my God. And he's sitting there and he's talking about it like it's nothing. But he's yeah. talking about like, dude, like my only concern here is like uh like there's a lot of people that are like gonna making go this project projects and just fucking people over and yeah. it was like i really had to like bet my brand on like am i willing to like risk everything if this project fails and everybody sees nfts as a fucking scam in like 24 months but like, i mean that that people kind of control that and and someone who has a super big brand money and like multiple resources can make a pretty good nft project because you can associate it with utility rather than uh people kind of just making random things and hoping that the speculation survives where gary v can be like first of all the people that are buying uh, probably initially gary v stuff are very super into gary v brand and he's built that over decades so you have that you already have a community built in um you have people that are already interested in evolution of internet stuff built in and if you have a big brand that is worth going to festivals and concerts and stuff, you can be like, well, you have a ticket and it's now worth something. I can, I can help you out. Think about this. Okay. So Gary Vee made all that money off of like children's looking drawings that like have like utility, right? <clears throat> Imagine if Mr. Beast, who has hundreds of videos with hundreds of millions of views made a couple of his videos nfts and if you own the nft like you get like maybe even a small portion of the video's revenue 20 percent or something that would go crazy that would go nuts mm -hmm. that'd be ridiculous if somebody owned the squid game 200 million dollar view 200 million view video that would make him a fucking gajillionaire yeah you can you can 
value things on the internet now. Pretty cool. Like that's like that's like that'd be a combination of you owning an asset that just makes money forever without you having to do anything because it's just a piece of entertainment on the internet. As long as the royalty of it via YouTube though, like (laughs) that's that's hasn't been made yet. And plus, it's Mr. Beast video who is like a cultural figure right now. Mm. So it's like a double whammy. That's like. How much do you think that'll be worth? I don't fucking know. I don't know Probably how much money that video makes per month. It can make a hundred grand a month. Make... Probably a nice few ETH right now. Twenty twenty one. You should try um, that. And then just throw all the profits into a banger ass fucking video. Like yeah. fucking Michael it, Bay it production. But then how do you how are you supposed to give portions of YouTube revenue towards people's wallets? Well, you like have to be just, like that's person based. Not you very have to track it. Well, he has a he actually has a video that's kind of similar, and I forgot what the content of the video was. But it, like, if his friend like completed a challenge for every thousand views, his friend gets like a dollar or something. Like, he's got to have an accountant. Literally, he'll just pay somebody well, fifty grand a year to just keep track of that. Someone make the technology, eh? Yeah, or you just yeah make the software. I don't do, know. The possibilities but, are endless. You do that, dude. I'm sure Google might not like it, but you could have like a third party do it, like a third party software. You go to YouTube to like bank account, but that's not very cool. Because I'm, mm, I don't know. Google, I'm sure, does not like that idea. <laughs> dude, Google says, "Hey, let's keep it. Let's keep it in the family, huh?" Rivadurci. I wonder. Well, I mean, it's his vid. It's his money at the end of the day. He can do what he wants with it. At the at the end of of the of the funnel though, but going through that funnel, you still got to go YouTube's money reward system. YouTube already takes fifty five percent. Like, how much more do they want? But but I'm not even like taking a part of it. Just like the technical, if like I want to put this money from YouTube's ad revenue system into Web three ecosystem, like that's, that's some friction there. Jaffiel? So, if, so they wouldn't like it if he reinvested his own money into like the competitor. They wouldn't like if there was a, a software that was like that they wanted to funnel quickly into something else. Good luck. A software that goes into ideally the back end of Google ad revenue systems. Oh, I don't think they care because they literally they build tools so you can make your own products to that. Like right. Google Analytics API kits, you can like plug into your own software to like track your websites and your YouTube stats and stuff. But not the money, money, hey? There's no, there's no money ad revenue API, is there? Oh, I don't know. They, they do have nice APIs you can track a lot of things with. Yeah, that's what I was saying. As, as, as this stuff gets more and more into the future, companies are gonna have a big hard time with. A pressure of being more transparent and interoperable with stuff mm-hmm. um and either that wins and they're gonna have to endure the pain and like change structures of corporate stuff or or that system doesn't win and you kind of have the same things but if the uh the transparency continues to be the uh the the way people want to function with internet and with companies a lot of these companies are gonna have to to take a little punch and, and change. Hey, yo, that's how it works. Cycles. No one can last forever. 
and down about 300 usually. What's the longest living company? I, that is still I the same name. AT and T's old. I think so. It might be AT and T. Long. I'm gonna say longest company. What you got? Ricker and Bond founded 1776. Congo Gumi established in 578 AD is the oldest continually operating company in the world. Its ed- headquarters are located in Osaka, Japan. This construction company was founded by an immigrant who was commissioned by Prince Shotoku to build the Shintinu Buddhist Temple. Okay, that's cool. Oldest U.S. company. Oh, God. Shirley Plantation is the <laughs> oldest company in the U.S. founded in Virginia in 1613, 163 years before the United States was a country. I wonder what they do. Oh, look, they have a Facebook and a LinkedIn. That's I'm funny. But yeah, Shirley Plantation. Before the 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 flag was planted on the, the, the land. Damn. And they're just still going? <laughs> Just, I mean, I mean, a plantation's like a thing. What are they making? Man, uh, have you, have you ever, uh, it's an estate. Um, I got a Berkshire blanket, bro. This Berkshire blanket's probably one of the best blankets I've ever had, man. You ever seen these Berkshire the collared shirts that Berkshire Hathaway has, man? No. They're great. A great collared shirt. I might buy one. This looks like the house they filmed Django. <laughs> might be. Like 100%. Maybe uh, Tarantino is like, oldest plantation. Period. For sure where they come, Django. <laughs> you've, you've been on the same internet as Tarantino. Congrats. Okay, it's just, oh, God. This is giving me the chills looking through this. What is it, scary people doing scary no, things? No, it's just like a house. I just imagine just slaves in the yard. Yurt. There's a solemn yurt. Um, Shirley, come on, Shirley. What are we doing, dude? What are we doing, Shirley? <laughs> come on, open your eyes here. Just because it was a really the Earth's best business model doesn't mean it's ethical, Shirley. Is yeah. it the, is, is it that good of a business? Maybe in the past, but I mean, unpaid labor is pretty. It's like you, know. you could, you could. Uh, I mean. <laughs> You, no if you insurance. take if, if you have technology right you make that one time and you don't pay that and the upkeep to keep up a technology like in this present day would be probably more efficient than humans laboring shout out everybody going to remote work and everybody getting laid off well one could argue that part of slavery ending was efficiency and technology with the industrial revolution going on in the north and slavery just continuing in the south but hey guys we got this wood levers over here there's also the argument that uh abraham lincoln didn't even care about slavery he just wanted the industrial revolution to get going so he's like all right let's let's cut this shit let's get some factories down there incentives it worked incentives man if the uh if the populace isn't incentivized by humanity then maybe they'll be incentivized by efficient monetization systems that's crazy you know we could all be wiped out and it could just happen again of like slavery uh, natural stuff or slavery slavery like <laughs> they got some good stuff man like like if there was like a comet or something and then like a couple humans survive or whatever but it was like a new fucking they had to like repopulate and then like mm. new countries started forming and they're like hey we think we're better than you 
Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like, oh, as, as technology poofs away and you got to build back up. Yeah, like a fucking nuclear war or something. That has probably happened in the past. This, this is probably a, an iteration of, I mean, you, the ancient civilization stuff, but you go on a deep rabbit hole and there's probably civilizations that have been wiped out and had different technology. Maybe. I mean, the stuff that exists now existed then, right? Like the, the, the materials to make it. Oh, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I mean, they got rocks. We have rocks, but how do you get from rocks to Bluetooth? Different tech, man. Different technology. It's like so many things have to like, first you got to fucking like electricity has to be a thing. Yeah. I can't even tell you how to discover that. (laughs) Where where the fuck do you start? Um, But there's, 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 if, other civilization did exist and had like high tech stuff. It would it would be like, you know, like uh, in these sci fi movies, they, they go to different worlds and they're like different. They have different technology and like different like places. Um, there would be a whole different timeline of like what a high technology is. Yeah, it's all based on mushrooms and the mushroom computer and the mushroom doors. The shrooms are controlling us, dude. They're using us as capsules to create their bidding. <laughs> and, and and that's why Sure SM7Bs are made. The point of life is just to fuck and use a Sure SM7B. <laughs> the point of life is to probably die. Damn, that was beautiful. Thank you so much, dude. This is my TMZ talk. I'm tearing up. Um... Any other fun things happen lately? Uh, they ripped off the Staples Center signs, and now it's just called the Center. <laughs> so they just kind of dope, dude. <coughs> yeah, was, I saw Shaq be like, "Hey, man, like Staples Center with Shaq and Kobe, and these bums over here, like in seventh place, dude. Y'all can you go? You go make your own arena, man. Staples is ours." He's like, "I don't." I don't know. I don't understand crypto. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he does, bro. I'm sure but he my does, account man. told me to get into it. So I got, uh, I got the, the Bitcoin. I got the Ethereum. Uh, yeah, I got the dog. I'm coin. sure he does. Yeah, does you know, maybe a bunch of money last year. So, you know, that's all right. Sports center. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I have no, no doubt at all that Shaq is just deep into the blockchain stuff. He had a restaurant across the street from the Staples Center called Shaquille's, and it closed. Ah, he said, y- "Y'all calling it Crypto.com? Nah, I-, I can't wait for the Clippers Arena so we can get a real stadium." Going. What's uh, what's their sponsor? I don't know. I forgot. Let me see. Probably some question. But Whoa. yo, real estate over there is on fire. Oh yeah, it's going fucking crazy. The guy that made the Grove wants to build another thing over there. What, what are prices looking like um close to the millions for like a condo ah. oh, let me think maybe a three-bedroom condo so it's it's yeah it's 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 nuts and then rent um, the condo out yeah clippers stadium but I, I don't know i don't really f with inglewood that much why is this why staples in still coming up <laughs> oh inuit dome Oh, in, into it. Oh, that's actually really funny. Um, the hell is that noise? Did you hear that? 
yeah, I just I was gonna let you deal with it. <laughs> um, I had an email that I actually wanted to talk about. Uh, that is a first of all, Inuit is a is a freaking native uh, Alaskan person. <laughs> oh shit! Into In, it, into it is the company. <laughs> uh, but Mailchimp, man, uh, I have a lot of unlearning to do. <laughs> I mean, that's something you should learn. <laughs> you didn't know it, but it was somewhere in your mind, you know? Um, <laughs> dude, MailChimp. MailChimp, uh, you ever heard of it? Yeah, my friend Chris said it sucks. It's it's not the best thing ever. Does he like he anything He recommended uh, SendFox. SendFox, eh? Yeah, it looks clean. I haven't used it. Sendfox? I use fucking something else, ConvertKit. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Yeah, those things could be a little uh, cooler. Like Mailchimp's still very two thousand eight convert kits, kind of the same. But uh, I had an email from Mailchimp that says, "Ao, uh, we're now an Intuit company. We've been freaking acquired, and uh, now we got to do new legal stuff." But I thought that was really interesting. Mailchimp was like a. I, I was reading a. It was called. It might have been called either the ultimate selling machine or the membership economy. But they were talking about the introduction and creation of MailChimp. It was pretty easy, uh, but they, they had a lot of uh, user feedback for stuff. And it was, it was very utilitarian. What's the adjective for utility? I don't know. There was a lot of utility for MailChimp for for companies, and so the uh, they iterated on stuff a lot. And now they got acquired. MailChimp was made in eighteen seventy. <laughs> it's the oldest company. <laughs> <laughs> it actually started as a plantation, <laughs> where they sent from one plantation to the next. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey guys, we're gonna pivot. <laughs> Like, oh, this is no way, no how. You gotta change with the market. So we're laying off all the slaves. No, are you kidding me? Get out of here, Terry. They're gonna fucking, they're gonna fucking riot. Wow, it, it is. I mean, it is pretty old. It's two thousand one. Damn, Mailchimp. But I mean, it starts with email, you know. So two thousand one, man. That's started in uh, Atlanta. Prior to Mailchimp. Chestnut and Armstrong began working together on a series of projects, including an e-greetings website. It's always, it's always just dominoes, man. Just take a step forward, would you? Just do one thing. It's that compounding. Just do one thing, would you? That's you know? that compounding all those skills into the one thing that's going to make it. As a side project in 2001, they launched MailChimp, named after one of their most popular e-greetings card characters, and earned a few... <laughs> and the IP, dude! Uh, and earned a few thousand dollars a month in 2001. MailChimp began as a paid service and added freemium option in 2009, eight years later. Within a year, its user base had grown from 85,000 to 450,000. By June 2014, it was sending over 10 billion emails per month on behalf of its users. According to the statistics, more than 600 million emails are sent through the platform every two days. Wow, skis. Mailchimp brought to you by Intuit. Brought to you by Eskimos. How much were they acquired for? Let's see if I can dig into it, eh? Well, let's see. We got 
guys good news we're getting acquired bad news half you gotta leave uh sorry i mean bro i wouldn't be surprised if they had under like 100 people working there did you see that uh zoom call that ceo was letting off like 15 percent of the company yeah i didn't know what the company was it was like a mortgage website or something the guy's reaction was funny though <laughs> fuck you dude <laughs> yeah like god damn it dude fuck you dude <laughs> i don't really know like how would you have done it you're gonna go to each person no nah, like, i mean hey. that's like i mean that's like you have to do it i mean it's, yeah. it, the thing the thing was that like maybe people haven't seen that before uh but like i mean that's that's what what happens yeah that's that's life dude you know you know what like I, I i will say that probably a large percentage of those people probably find better jobs honestly higher paying jobs they could probably just make a course on how to code and make like <laughs> five times as much uh what do we got here the planned acquisition of mailchimp for approximately 12 billion dollars cash and stock advances advances into its mission of powering prosperity around the world and its strategy to become AI-driven expert platform. With the acquisition of MailChimp, Intuit will accelerate two of its previously shared strategic big bets. What do you think they are? Intuit's two big bets as they become an AI-driven platform. Blockchain and self-driving cars. Small business growth and to disrupt small business mid-market. Fuck! <laughs> Not everybody's into this freaking whoopsie doopsie nascent industry, you know? Why not? <laughs> it's 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 fun. Uh I mean, it is probably a part of it. AI driven. Let's see what's in into its about me page. What do they like? I really want to drive in a self driving car. You mean not drive? Yeah, I, I wanna ride. Intuit has TurboTax, QuickBooks, Mint, Credit Karma, and now MailChimp. What a lineup, dude. Talk Credit about it. Karma. I love credit card. Talk about an all-star lineup. I'm not sure what Mint is. What is Mint? Mint is uh, kind of the same as credit card, but it's a finance tracking app. Oh, way to go into I it. I used to use it. Into it, bro. Uh, your complete finan financial picture on a single platform, they say. Apparently, this is such a nice website. Be before Intuit bought it. Uh, That's the word on the street. What was better? Mint. Ah. Uh, Overcome your financial challenges. Intuit is a global technology platform powering prosperity with TurboTax, QuickBooks, Mint, Credit Karma, and MailChimp. Damn, that's a really good uh, Sorry? app idea. Just like targeted at people who just have messy finances and making it easy for them to get their life together. Square. Circle. <laughs> uh, does Circle do that? Yeah. Man, speaking of these cats, these see these crypto cats, man, they popped their suits on. They went over to Washington, D.C., and they talked Web3 with these Congress people in the House. I think they're not called Congress people. You see any clips from that? Uh, yeah, but I didn't like really understand or really pay that much attention. What'd you see? The, the Brooks guy talking? Actually, no, I didn't. I might have read an article. What was that about? There's a a committee about, it might be a blockchain committee in the House of Representatives of the United States of America. 
and they brought all these crypto executives in to be like, hey, what's going on with Web3 stuff? Uh, and it was kind of about like, yo, how do you guys want to be regulated? What do you guys need from us? How can we help you? And the executives were like, uh, just, you know, I think something was called a self-regulating organization, SRO. And they're like, yo, make one of these things that keeps up with the pace and just be super clear cut with what y'all want. And then we'll be dope, dude. But it was, it was kind of funny because government people talking about uh, like crypto stuff and, and crypto people talking to government people. Uh, it was quite a, a fun show. It wasn't like a, a cluster, but it was it was interesting to see the the back and forth. Sam Bakeman Freed looked like a. Did, are you aware of Sam Bakeman Freed as a person? He's the mm-hmm. uh, I think the CEO of FTX, the exchange. Um, but dude, these guys. I think I, I've said it before, but these guys are literally like the Silicon Valley TV show series, but of like crypto. It's hilarious, dude. Like they, they're just like this guy pops up in like kind of a frumpy suit and his shoelaces were untied, and he's like one of the most powerful exchanges in the U.S. and globally. And he's like, "Yo, yeah, just uh, just tell me, uh, tell me exactly what you guys want, and then uh, we'll do it, and then uh, just you know, don't kill us." It's pretty fun. We want to make it illegal to buy, sell, hold. <laughs> Swap, stake, any kind of cryptocurrency of any kind. Oh, really? That is what we want. Amen. One of the- also, fuck these $75,000, 75,000% APY coins. Yeah, I would, uh, <clears throat> I mean, have, have you have you uh, played with DeFi? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I, I really need to get more into it, but I'm not very liquid right now, so. There's a very good... Podcast from the it's called uh, the podcast is called Animal Spirits. The episode is Talk Your Book, and oh, it's like the episode series. And it's um, there's a few things. It was uh, I forget what what he actually did, but he, he uh was talking about um one project that is a DeFi project, but it's indexing of coins, which is very dope. Uh, I forget it. Uh, but these cats were like from like super traditional finance background. So it's super fun to see like the, the traditional finance cats talk about crypto and like making crypto projects. Cause, uh, like it's not as super technical, but it's like overly technical on the, on the economics of stuff. And he was like, yeah, this is like what people were trying to do with FinTech, but this is like what it should have been. Uh, very cool. Somewhere in there. Uh, there's a guy that used to be the CEO of Binance US, but he left after like four months. His name's something Brooks, but uh, he was also the uh, head of the office of the comptroller, which is something money related in the US. And he uh, he's very eloquent with his uh, descriptions of crypto. He's, he's had some some PR training and he's very intelligent in the space and it's fun to hear him talk about crypto that was in the in the house meeting you were in the house meeting or that was in the house meeting that was in the house i was there too i was i was right next to sam bakeman free i said all right guys come on what are we doing here like 
uh, right next to you got the CEO of Circle, and then I was I was in between the CEO of Circle and Sam Bacon Freed. And, it was uh, live on Clubhouse. It was not live on Clubhouse. Spaces uh, also officially uh, put the dagger into Clubhouse. I'm sure they still got some funding in there, but Spaces exists now. Damn, they should have sold when they had the chance. <laughs> it was if you, if you got a feature like that that can be very, very easily implemented into another ecosystem. You gotta be, you gotta have a, you gotta have a moat and you gotta have an edge. There's they no literally edge. put the interns on it and they made it in two weeks. <laughs> made it searchable. Oh my goodness. It, it was really crazy. Like it's like, it's dead, dead. Like spaces is cool now. Like there's a lot of cool spaces. That would have been an easy exit. Had to do it quick. Too late now. Probably, I wouldn't it, buy that shit. It was probably a, a side side project, dude. They're like, yo, voice on the internet, you down? And they're like, yeah, let's go. Pandemic, let's go. And then Twitter was like, oh, we can we can do that. We have voices. Facebook's like scouting them right now. LOL. <laughs> LOL, 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 It's very web to me. Um, speaking of. I mean, it's, it's crazy how Twitter, and they're talking about this on another pod as well, but uh, Twitter is like one of the most pivotal platforms on the internet right now, and the stock is just horrible. <laughs> like, they, they don't make a lot of money with a lot of advertising, but they know a lot about their consumers. Yeah, I don't really know how Twitter is going to make a lot of money. It's, uh, Unless they, like, do something else. I, they could do advertising. They have a lot of info on people. Yeah, like, they could. Um, I mean, they do have that subscription service now, but who wants to pay for Twitter? I think professional things will. It's pretty interesting if you're on like a a brand on Twitter. Um, hmm. but for the the freemium model, not very much. Like like I said, dude, the, there's an interesting thing of the idea of not having freemium stuff, or you do free stuff and then super extra premium. Uh, because if you do a whole free process like Google does, then you kind of cut yourself at the knees depending on who you're indebted to. So you have to make a good advertising thing. And if they didn't have a, a moat on advertising Google, then besides other like web services, I don't know how much they'd be above the water. Let's see, Miley Cyrus, any other news keys? Um, I don't think so. Bitcoin way down. Cardano just like gave up on itself. Quite a um, lot of that, but it's okay. Man, I saw I had a I had a trigger on Ethereum a couple weeks ago for like three eight, and it triggered. I saw that join go from like three four to three eight in like two seconds. I'm like, whoa. Hold on, dude. What are you guys doing over there? You guys are going super fast. It's dangerous. Buckle your seatbelts, guys. It's going to be a bumpy, volatile crypto winter. But that's why I love it. That's why I'm here. Freaking Jack Dorsey, dude. These cats over uh, at Spiral, as it's now called, made a, a, uh, a video, and they had a Jack Dorsey puppet. They're very memey. Also, Block has, like, no trademarks. And the website is uh, shitty. 
is a Squarespace site. Yeah. What's going on with that, Jack? It's cheaper. That's not owned by any Square entity. Really? I believe so. Anyway. Well, is it is it the, <clears throat> is it the official Square site now? They haven't said anything, but I mean, it's called Block, and I would assume that Block wants Block dot com. They couldn't get Block on Twitter username. They're using, I think, Blocks. They got Block dot XYZ. Oh, do they? Yeah, that's the domain. Sometimes uh, domains are motherfucker. I fucking owned Bonjin dot com. Curated and by it Block. Expired, and now I can't get it. But no one owns it. XYZ, dude. Okay. They went away from calm, eh? Fuck calm. It's all about XYZ, IO. Those are the cool ones, actually. Uh, shout out uh, that other uh, name service that lets you buy it up front. This is cool. Okay. Dang. I don't like it. Blocky, blocky, square, cash app. The, the coding is a little... Like, oh, I, I get it, kind of. Man, th- there's a, a thing I saw that was, like, not knowing how to code will, like, not be knowing how to read in the future. It could be a little pushing that a little bit. I don't but think so. Doing that with with platforms that are, like, like people do with Squarespace and stuff, making making Web3 apps. Um, I do think so, though. It'll It'll be less clunky than it is now, but... I mean, you're going to have to program your life. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think that <clears throat> like y- you can use coding to make tools to make stuff, you know? Yeah. So like not everyone needs to know like the the dirtiness of coding. Did you see that thing? This is, I thought this was very cool. Um, Doja Cat had an interactive music video where people could interact with it and I think interact with the code in an easy way and change the music video. That's cool. It's freaking amazing. I haven't seen it but I saw it as a headline and I was like, yo, that's freaking extraordinary. An interactive Doja Cat music video can introduce you to programming. Brought to you by Girls Who Code, the nonprofit organization that aims to get more women and girls interested in the field of computer science has debuted what it calls the first ever codable music video. Uh, you can try it yourself at dojacode.com. Dojacode.com. I love that. <laughs> right. Um, that's, that's good. That's amazing. I thought it was, uh, I'm, I'm going through it now for the first time. Hopefully it doesn't Can I do play. it even if, I, if, if I'm a boy? Uh, no, you're about oh. to code a free, I love, I love it, dude. It says you're about to code a freaking music video to CSS, JavaScript, or Python. Uh, looking for start the music video. I would like to mute you, please. Oh man, this is amazing. So she's uh she's getting her nails done. Is that Rihanna? No. Oh, this is a little annoying. <laughs> Gotta protect the throne, but first let's get those nails in check. But this is a, a wonderful way to, you know, gamify coding. Type any color you want. I like blue. Oh, come on. That's pretty dang cool, man. I just made her color her nails blue. It's not working for me. What, what I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a dick, so it, it can sense that and I won't it, let me click anything. It did this scan is, your body. This is a cool, cool website, though. Right? 
girls who code, man. They code cool websites. Why is this guy? This guy's drinking Sky Vodka, man. Why you got to be drinking vodka? Uh, what's next, man? Next, I have to use JavaScript to activate Doja Power. Doja I can, Power. I can either make the property color uh, sand brown. Uh, uh, let's let's go sienna, and then height. We're gonna want to make that sixty nine, and definitely four twenty speed. Whoa, man! This is cool. I very much so approve this. <laughs> this is this is awesome. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, you, you need my approval. That's approval, right. That's right. That's right. Hold up. Hold up. That's right. That's right. And it goes whoa. through me. Oh, you hear that, girls? I am the institution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish it was like it, it's kind of just like a picture in frame. I wish it like tracked through. Like, are our nails still blue? No, it's showing the nails on. I wonder how the you think. Oh, her nails are still blue, dude. It, would it change? Or maybe they just did that as like, because it goes from sequence to sequence. So maybe if I click, if I do blue, then it has to be a blue scene. But I'm sure they didn't do blue scenes with like different red scenes. I really hope I don't have to work tonight. I'm literally praying to God. <laughs> also, I can see your freaking TD, dude. Whoa, 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 whoa. Inappropriate. It is kind of a weird thing. Like... This is this goes back to the whole sexuality and culture thing, which we talked about a little bit. But like, if girls are on this, then it's a whole lot of booty on here. I'm not sure if I want my six-year-old daughter to learn what code from a, a naked Doja Cat. What about twelve-year-old daughter? Oh yeah, that's fine. Um, is, is that yeah. does that make sense or no? <laughs> no, that, that no, that makes a hundred percent sense. You know, there was a thing. I feel like there was a thing like that for Katy Perry. Remember the Katy Perry thing where she was on Sesame Street where she had like a bunch of cleavage out and parents were like, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 what is this? I thought you say I thought you should say a Katy Perry coding thing. Nah, but it was Yeah, I wouldn't of- I wouldn't be super down if I had because I, I would I would want to teach this to like a young, you know, like daughter of mine or a niece or something. Yeah, you couldn't like pull that up if you were a computer science like, teacher in what? a class. For real. <clears throat> Come that's on, man. That's 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 what happens when you mix your brand with like education. It's like a weird thing. You got to like choose. Anti-free the nipple, dude. I mean, but for real though, like I would, I would want to pull this up in a middle school engineering class for Excuse even, me. even, even not for girls, but like, I'm not going to show a half naked music video in a middle school. They should have like made it like a cartoon or something. I don't know about cartoons. You know, just like go off the Doja Can brand, Doja Cat brand. Oh, but like still Doja Cat. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. But it is pretty cool to see it with like human stuff. Or maybe she could like I don't know, just put on some clothes, just for this video. Just for this video. <laughs> the other videos are cool. The other videos are fine. Like this, this might this might have been like the least amount of clothing I've seen on Doja Cat. <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna Out do of that. all the videos <laughs> of of girls who could i I do kind of like i don't know I have a pretty strong stance on that like it's kind of egregious <laughs> <laughs> you're not, i mean dude, you're not wrong if it's targeted yeah, yeah. to kids uh, girls who code plus women but like I, i'm definitely like there's there's this one uh I met this one kind of like family friend. And uh, there's a grandpa and his granddaughter, and she's pretty young, like middle school. And have I told you about CryptoZombies.io yet? Man, I was like, yo, what she needs, because it's like going back in time, bro. You're you're literally time traveling when you're like uh, impressioning 
information on younger people, you're like, yo, dude, what you need to do is go just go hang out with this website game for like a day or two. And then you'll have an edge up on people just from information. I don't wanna. She, I wanna no, but play she likes, Roblox. She would, I mean, Roblox too. Roblox has like Cody kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a small it's a small crawl of a game, man. It's what it is. Video games is a good way to get into coding. I mean, video games is the, this first leg of freaking Web3 stuff. God, I miss Club Penguin so much. That's like the only game I liked. And Maple Story. I talk about that every episode, but... Hop Hotel. Club, but like, it was also the young people who have... And then they said this in the in the House Congress meeting. The young people who are basically born with the internet. So like... 1996 five cats 1990 cats but like 1990 1996 um and like like i went to preschool and there was a computer you know um and people who grew up with that and like gamers and stuff understand the digital nature of the world a lot friction less -er than other people perhaps yeah like my boss i say this all the time old boss super old she was like 45 50 and then the the computer stuff started yeah it's a lot of time to live without computers and you know it's 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 variable some people are older and like saw the invention of internet and stuff and they're like all right well this is dope and i'm gonna love this stuff um but other people are like I mean, like, I know people who are, like, 30 and not very, like, internet savvy. Like, that's just on them, then. <laughs> like, that's just on them. But like, if you went just... your whole life without it, I understand. <laughs> but if you're, if you're 25 and you don't know how to fucking open up. 25 PowerPoint, today. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, come on. What are you doing? That's, like, basic uh, knowledge. That's, like, writing your name. It was I. I was in, literally in preschool writing my name in on computer CD games, man. Shout out that one purple, that one purple car, doing games, man. CD games, man. CD games were something too. I wonder when they started adding computer classes to schools. Like nineties masses. Yeah. Probably in the, like the masses, mass. Like what percentage of schools? Cause like, does every is like I don't know. I feel like a computer class is kind of like it's probably like a rich school thing first. Yeah, probably. Until so, I don't know if like it's like a government thing that every school has to have like at least one tech class or not. But like, but there's also not really like computer. I remember going to element and like there was computer classes. Yeah, right. Like, like, about, right. Are, like are there computer classes now? I think so. Like elementary, probably. I think but so. it was like it was like. I feel like there might not be. Because, like, it was kind of even where you're thinking about it. Because I well, kind of haven't. Maybe not like now, now, because they like probably use iPads for everything anyway. But like, yeah. maybe from like 1995 to like 2013 or something. But like, computer classes were like split. Like, but I also did, went to did private did, school. Did, so. you go to, did you go to computer classes or no? Yeah. What did you, you do? Well, in like elementary school, we learned how to type. Yeah. And then like just use like basic programs. And then in like high school, we had computer classes where we would like learn how to like make presentations and like use Photoshop and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But in the beginning, it was like the basic how does a computer work? The start button, this is the internet, 
this is like how you use Word. I low-key forgot about computer classes in elementary school. Yeah, I I remember I had computer class and I had music class. Those were the two classes that were like extra. There was a computer lab. I forgot what (gasps) we did. I think it was probably just typing, but like we... That's weird. I forgot about that. We played this little game called Snoods and it basically taught you how to like... That sounds familiar. Like basically organize data. Oh, really? Yeah. And like, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but now I'm like, okay, you're teaching us how to like group files and like drag them to the trash can and name things. This is weird. Yeah, it was. Snood advanced. I never played snood. Snood. I'm trying to remember what we did in there. I remember. How do you learn to type? I don't think this is the game. Um, I don't really remember. But like, like I had, like I was on, I was on a computer in preschool. Snooze computer game. Damn, I don't know where this game is. How did I learn how to type? I don't know. <laughs> to learn how to type, I used a game called Type to Learn Three. Oh fuck! I remember this game. Type to Learn Three. And we had to like fucking. So it was like little exercises, and the teacher like would put like a piece of paper over our hands so that we couldn't look at the keyboard <laughs> nice. and we would and we would learn and we would like type these things and there were like a couple kids that were like really good at typing yeah. and they were like they were like different levels and there was one kid named kyle and he like he was just like a fucking wizard and he was like level 25 and if you finish the whole program you get to like just play games like, yeah, in yeah computer class and everyone was like on like level 10 level 9 and i wasn't that good i was like super bad and that was like maybe second, third grade. And then I started playing Club Penguin and I was mm-hmm. typing like faster than I thought. I was like, what the fuck? How do I know how to type all this shit so fast? I was like, oh, it's from that game. But yeah. I don't think I use this. I forget. I forget, man. I- I'm sure that there was some some typing games involved. But like kids kind of just know how to type now, yeah? You have I'm, to sure how to do like, that? I'm sure you have to teach them. Oh, yeah. We had those fucking... God, I'm looking at this picture of a kids in the computer lab right now with the keyboard covers. Yeah. I'm just like, well, what the hell? Computer class, dude. I completely forgot about that, but I can, <laughs> I can picture the room, man. I can picture the room. It was a dark, it was a dark room. <laughs> I don't know why it was dark. Maybe like, oh, technology's dark. Yeah. And I was like, dude, and the teacher knew a lot about, a, a lot about computers. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, teach it to elementary school kids, freaking. Yeah, yeah, and he was like cool too. He like dumbed it down. I don't know his uh profession. Like I don't know if he was like a programmer, but he could tell he's like a nerd. Probably been studying it since like the eighties or something. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I just want to teach these kids. I fucking remember his name too. I'm gonna fucking look him up right now. <laughs> he's just freaking. He's just blockchaining it up, dude. Dude, I had I had a teacher who. uh who was one of my like favorite elementary school teachers and he does like real estate. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's go with this real estate stuff. Like, let's go with it. Found how, do him. I, how do I go hard? Found him, found him. What's he doing? Uh, his, his LinkedIn is loading, but I'm looking at uh, one of his reviews. It says the teacher was strict and mean. Oh, lame. But, like, I don't, no, I don't remember that. He was pretty nice. I mean, is this an elementary school person reviewing? <laughs> I don't know. Why won't this load? I just want to see this guy. Let's see what he's up to. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Fingers crossed for cool stuff. For Mr. Snood.
All right, I'm gonna look him up on Google Chrome. <laughs> uh, because I got one more so headline after this. One more headline after this, and then we can wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ricker and Bond. Ricker and Bond. Fuck. Load. What's his? What's his? Chat me his name. Okay. DM me his name. I also think I learned a lot from AOL typing. Oh, shout out Yasmin. <laughs> I chatted with Yasmin and that was a, that was a you know, chat, chat with a nice lady. Oh, it's making me log in to see this thing. I'll, I'll, I'll let him know I'm looking at his profile, man. What's good? Oh, okay, let me just log in real quick. <laughs> Bro, I... Oh, God damn it. Why oh, you gotta make it so difficult? I mean, that's probably the most generic name i've ever heard of yeah if you look up his name and then computer teacher it'll come up okay just just a name and a computer teacher is he a white man i remember yeah i remember there's like a period where his wife was really sick oh no and like the entire school because i went to like a religious school the entire school like pray for his wife like every day Uh and she was like literally like days from death and she got better Hey, come on now. Yeah. That probably, you know, there's always a little bit of like. Oh, this um, is him. Damn, looks good. Is he the bald white guy? Nah, I'll get his link. Working at the teacher since 94. Jesus Christ. There is a thing though, like probably biologically, if you got some kind of uh, a little bit of uh, energy protruding out of you, there's probably a little bit of cellular things that can help and happen there. Yeah. If you got freaking an entire school full of brains just emitting something, whatever it is, then uh, you might pick up a little bit. His education has nothing to do with uh, computers, which is interesting. But it does have to do with the. Uh, He's still at like, the freaking school, dude? Yeah, probably got a good, good, uh, good pension. Tenure. Wonder what uh you should, you should probably hit him up and be like yeah what's good with the what are you doing tech wise man what's good I I don't think he remembers me uh, I well, also was it, was it a one off teacher Well like he knew me when we were like in when I was like young and then my last couple of years at the school I took a class with him it was like a computer coding class Yeah I wasn't very good in the class I was actually a very bad student I think that like ruined his taste of me Yeah as at my exit. So if he does remember me, it's probably not a very good. Uh... I, I, I'm pretty sure teachers remember people. You think but sometimes so? you're you're like his Jesse Pinkman, you know, and he's Walter White. There is one teacher I want to email though. I, I just want to be like, hey man, hope you're doing good. What are they? My what are religion, they doing? My religion teacher in high school. Oh, just like a hello. Yeah, I, but I don't know. It's always nice. I should. Teachers he probably that. remembers me. He was a cool guy. One last story as we wrap up here that I, I probably should have started with, but I thought this was very pivotal. Um, Apple and Hyatt hotels are rolling out hotel keys and Apple watches. Oh, nice. Right? That's pretty, cool. Pretty Finally. freaking, pretty freaking uh, solid step in the future. Um, so instead of checking your pockets for your room key, says The Verge, you'll now be able to use your iPhone or Apple Watch to unlock your room as well as any other areas around the hotel that require a key for entry. I mean, talk about going a little 3D here. 
using keys, Apple key of the future. That's fucking great. I love the Apple watches. NFC feature. I wish I could open my apartment door with it. NFC? Um, yeah, NFC stands for near field near field communication. I see. It's the chip that you program to like use Apple Pay and like send not 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 um airdrop, but just like pay with shit. Mm-hmm. It's had it for literally a decade and Apple added it, I think, with the iPhone eight, I wanna say. <laughs> And it's been, um, I thought it was like a closed system where like you can't like add your own stuff to it. Mm-hmm. But I think they're starting to open it up for developers to like use it. That's cool. Yeah. So your iPhone will need to be iOS 15 or above. Your Apple Watch must be Watch OS 8. Hyatt notes that once you've completed your reservation, you can add your room key to your Apple Wallet through the World of Hyatt app. Oh, God, I love it. The key will display your room number and will only activate when your room is ready for check-in. If you need to make any changes to your room, you can do so through the app, and your key will be updated automatically. Your key will deactivate once you've checked out. Talk about, yo, you got to check out. (laughs) What if I want to send my key to someone? Can I do that? That could be something. I know you can send your car key to someone and, like, let let it work for, like, a set amount of time. Uh, an Apple car key? Yeah. So like if I have, I think if like you have a BMW, like one of the new ones. Yeah. And I was like, yo, Rick, are you want to take my car out? I just text you the key and it'll like uh, work for like an hour or something. You can drive. See, I, my, my head definitely went to Apple, Apple car right away, but I didn't know they were already using it. That's dope. Yeah. It's, it's pretty nuts. BMW gets all the cool shit first. Yeah, they do. They do. They have a little Apple connection. Yeah. They got CarPlay first. Now, like almost every car is CarPlay, like. But mine doesn't for some reason. Apple previewed this feature at WWDC 2021 alongside its digital ID feature. Once launched, this will allow users in participating states to digitally store their identification cards in their Apple wallets. This is the ID feature. Arizona, Georgia is supposed to be the first, uh, but it's delayed until 2022. I I will say that I, I like... The, the tickets in the Apple, and this is kind of goes back to like NFT wallets, but you see your tickets of like airplane stuff in your Apple wallet. Pretty fun to look at, you know? Yeah. Game tickets. Ticket, tickets are really one of the, the fun things to do with wallets. <laughs> NFT. It, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shows, shows timeline, dude. All right, let's cut it. I'm tired. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for listening. Uh, right now, we got an interview with Xander of Totem Earth, which is a Web3 operating system. Recently dropped an NFT project, which is their first key into their whole ecosystem. Enjoy the interview. Thanks for listening. See you guys next Monday. Peace. I didn't know there's a breath sound effect in there. It's kind of weird to stop on. Yeah, what song was that? That was fire. 
that was that was Xander's uh, request of "Woe" by Memblem. Damn, yeah, for sure. That's my new favorite song lately. <laughs> <laughs> right. "Woe" by Memblem. Okay, let me write that down. Uh, that later. So, welcome, Breaker and Bond, everybody. Another Monday, another interview. Uh, today we got we got a, a cool person, uh, the co-founder of Totem. Is that is that the the uh, the title you want to take, Sander? <laughs> yeah, co-founder, chief creative, either nice. or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, can uh, people don't know? Uh, tell us uh, kind of just briefly who you are, what Totem is, what you guys are doing, how long you've been doing it. Yeah, hundred percent. So, Totem, Totem Earth, uh, New Earth Systems. It's all a uh, blockchain ecosystem, kind of like blockchain development company, just providing different Web3 gateways and entrances and, and use cases for, you know, different artists or anybody really to understand more as so like how they can take their life and, and their projects and their businesses, their art, whatever it may be, and, and integrate it into this new space. And as we believe, you know, blockchain is very much like this new beautiful system for for humans to self-organize and create, uh, you know, an autonomous categorization and organization of, of the way we move money or move energy or uh, move, um, yeah, just our, our flow. It's really meant for everybody. So that's, that's what we do. So is Totem like... Um an incubator for projects is it like a platform is it um an nft project like what is the uh what is like the core <laughs> help me understand here yeah yeah so it's a beautiful project it looks great <laughs> thank you yeah we've been having a lot of fun we, we've been we've been building tech for a couple of years now um we were building a web2 platform before and as COVID kind of hit and as the world kind of reevaluated the way that we go about doing our things, we realized that tokenization and, you know, this DAO concept was going to be exactly what we wanted to do. So that's when this ecosystem theory kind of came together as my partners and I took all of our previous businesses and ventures and, and threw them in the pot together. It, it was natural that something um, was going to need to come out of it. That was a new form, a new system. And, and so blockchain, you know, DAO, a lot of these types of theories and concepts came together. And, and so this is our approach to it. So, you know, more than anything, we're a collective of artists and creators and, and, and um, you know, builders and dreamers. Um, but what it really comes down to is, uh, yeah, it, it's a form of incubation, we have all of our flagship projects um, with the way that we show our creativity, our systems. And so as, as we partner with people or as we generate our own concepts, we put them into the ecosystem and make sure that they all connect in some way or other. And so currently our, our project we just dropped is called Zoids, which is the entrance, the very, very beginning project to allowing people to hold their own keys but these keys essentially allow you to access Totem OS, and that's going to be our flagship platform project. 
um, where everybody can come in and use all kinds of different tools. So can you talk about Zoys? You said Zoys was the NFT, and then you kind of have branches that are, are stemming out of Totem. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So yeah, so... Talk about the NFTs and then talk about how that kind of leads up to the different branches. Yeah, so Zoids is the project that we just dropped in the last, whatever, 10 days. Um, sold out before public could even access it. And so that was really fun. So you but did Zoid, a whitelist first. And, yeah. and I kind of wanted to talk about, you could talk about it after, but how you, uh, you made that kind of community in, in Discord and in that process as well. So. Yeah, 100%. So really, you know, Zoids goes back to the beginning of this year as we were watching all the all the NFT projects were dropping left and right and people were making all this money and people were coming up with generative ideas and the apes and the cool cats and all of them. Um, and so we kind of sat and watched a bunch of our friends, you know, doing their drops and artifacts, studios, and, and we wanted to really pull back and go to the basics of what an NFT was and the way that everyone was using them. And so really what it came down to was a is form of a key or a form of an identity. Everyone's changing their profile pictures. Everyone's coming together as a community to be like, yo, what's up? We're 10,000 apes. Yo, what's up? We're 10,000 cool cats, you know? And so observing these keys, these entrance points, these identities and the way that they interacted with each other inside of a community was really interesting. So we took it a step further and went deep into what makes our identities as humans. Um, the genetics, the actual DNA that allows each of us to have our identity and allows each of us to you know, connect to the people around us, our families, our friends. And so with that, we, we connected um, the different genders, the different genetics that tie to all 13 different planets. And uh, we created some lore and we created some hype. We built some really beautiful websites and our community just kind of like naturally stemmed from the art and the depth and, and the, the amount of connectivity to our own selves that this project was creating. And so within a couple of weeks, as soon as we pushed publish on the website, it was like, boom, like 10,000 people hopped in the discord strictly just word of mouth um, and a couple other, you know, marketing tactics, but mostly just just word of mouth and, and creating a really beautiful system. And we spent a lot of time in discord during those two weeks, just setting up the frame and, and meeting all the right people and kind of like building a, an organic community. And we're like, yo, can you help us with this? Can you help us with this? And then all of a sudden, you know, our head of community Joshua comes in, sets up the whole like badge system and it all just kind of like naturally and quickly unfolded. But the reason why I think it was so successful was because it's truly based on the depth that we, we are, and we have as humans ourselves. And so this identity was, you know, a, a beautiful, fun manifestation as to like what we do as humans. So you, you were talking about the projects you were done before. Um, talk about those projects kind of, you said, or they were done individually. And I'm sure that that had to had been an assistance to how you guys uh, kind of granularly thought about kind of the, the marketing of, of the Zoids first and the OS, but kind of your, your, your timeline of, of previous ventures that helped with, with as, as you're building this. 
Yeah. So, you know, when it comes down to it, Daniel and I have been working together for a couple of years now and we really, our first project together was a community project. We, we connected with some different influential people on Instagram and created a space um, for their, you know, their community to come together in a, in a special jungle village treehouse place in the, in the Dominican Republic. And so we did this kind of like, um, initial marketing launch and had whatever, a couple thousand applications, essentially. I mean, this is 2018 and we created like a whitelist, a web two whitelist, if you will. And we went through and hand selected every single person that could come on that trip. And we were very, we curated it in a way that, you know, felt good and, and looked at all the different people. And we kind of like tried to create a balance of, okay, yeah, you come on the trip. Let's all connect. Like, yes, yes, yes. You know, maybe not over there, but like maybe over here. And so that was, that was kind of our first success together was building like a, a quick, not a makeshift community, but just like a, a I don't know, a, a community just came together and, and we all had like one of the most amazing weeks of our lives. And then that just stemmed out from there. We, we kept working and kept pushing and all of a sudden it all became about community over and over and over again and building group chats and, you know, using different like organic marketing technique techniques that allowed uh, people to ultimately come together and have something to discuss and have something to, to do. And as, as you know, the world kind of shut down for a second, we locked in here in Hawaii and we built a physical version of that where there was about 25 of us. And we were just like, yo, like dream incubator spot to like come together and just build beautiful projects and products that, you know, resonated with us and products that we wanted that maybe weren't existing in the world yet. And, uh, you know, whether it was technology or physical products as well. And that's kind of when Zayla came into the mix and it, it really, everything that we have really stems out from the fact that, we just love building communities and love building products and projects that resonate with humans and earth. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is a, uh, a social operating system? Yeah. So um, the, you know, when, when we look at web two, we look at um, all the beautiful, cool platforms that allow us to connect and have allowed us to connect for so long, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, wherever it is, basically you, create an input and other people observe that and comment on it and connect with it. And then, you know, that's the social interaction of media and within the social framework. And so as web three comes in and everyone's allowed to own the different building blocks of this social interaction, this social connection, this is where I kind of like describe this social sandbox where everyone can become a developer nowadays. Um, you don't have to know that, how to code that much to understand like a feature that may, you know, you may like to request or you don't have to know too much about programming the way that you might've had to know about programming during the web one phase. Um, so now, you know, with no code tools or just understanding like social interaction uh, metrics, um, people can kind of come together and build out this sandbox of a, to build this new internet, this new operating system um, that's going to allow people to connect and, and create in, in a way that maybe is somewhere in between web one and web two, where it's less about like flashy images and likes and comments and, and these metrics. And maybe it's more about completing missions together and 
um, like what are we actually doing on earth to like go in and out of the digital world and pull into the physical world? What are we doing to plant more trees or what are we doing to collect more, um, collect artifacts that prove that we are doing cool things on earth, maybe going on a hike or like, you know, like I said, planting a tree or those are kind of like small examples of like where this social mission starts to come out. Um, and, and we've been just testing it so far with discord and, and having fun with these little social missions, but I'm excited to see people come together and define like, what are the missions that we want to be doing and, and allow this, you know, canvas to be filled and, and fill a canvas together. So are you envisioning kind of a physical world video game when you're saying people going on missions and stuff? I, I, uh, I kind of pictured like people going on quests, but more so you want to, you want to sway them towards earth physical stuff. Yeah, I think it goes, I think it goes in and out of, it's going to be all the above. I think the augmented world is going to allow us to realize that there's so much more potential to using our eyes or using screens or using glasses or whatever type of hardware and technology continues to develop. But what it comes down to is the way that we're interacting socially with the digital world and how it interoperates with the physical world. So yes, it's like, you know, if you're spending all your time in the digital world, you can say like, Oh, well that's a form of escapism or, you know, you're spending all day on Fortnite. Like, yeah, like maybe if Fortnite had some flow that was like part of the game is to go into the physical world and do a task or do a thing that created a merit system that when you came back into the digital world, you know, you're maybe a little bit more fulfilled or maybe like you're a little more, you know, stoked or you feel balanced because like, I don't know, you put your feet in the dirt for a second and and you didn't spend all your time as a robot inside of a computer. So that's kind of like what the whole interoperable theory is, is like, as we continue to develop and allow these identities and these characters and these avatars to like, not only roam through the different platforms, allowing characters to go into Fortnite and allowing the Zoids to like, go in and out of the different gaming systems. But it's like, how can we also allow the Zoids to like, come here? and come to the physical place and what are those missions? And so that's kind of like where we're in the dream space right now. Um, as we develop, you know, first developing the operating system and creating the framework for our communities to thrive and other communities to come together and thrive and starting to, uh, we're, we're starting to engage with different gaming studios and different augmented reality apps. And, um, yeah, just very much in dream state right now. So figuring it out as we go. That's awesome. What, what does the more boring stuff look like? Like uh, the development of stuff. I know a lot of people, especially the people that kind of study tech and, and Web3 stuff, uh, but like you said, don't have a lot of develop developing background. There, there's probably a lot of people that have cool ideas of what to do. Uh, so how did you guys kind of go from idea to developing uh, and building a team that, that codes or, or graphics or kind of the the nitty-gritty yeah. business stuff yeah yeah boring side is very much um yeah it's 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 the framework or it's the the structure um knowing that it takes a lot of legal resources a lot of financial resources funding working with investors um you know building out the actual systems and the build you know taking 
taking a Google doc and explaining like 50 pages, like what are the actual features of the different platforms and like, how does this button link to this button and going through and actually designing within a Figma file, like every aspect as to where things go. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's boring or it can be, maybe it's not quite as fun as like actually making the totem animations or like telling these cool fun stories or interacting with everybody in the community but the framework and the structure is what allows us to animate that, the, the frame, if you will. And so, yeah, it's, um, for us, we love to, I think, I think we go into other platforms and it's like, it just doesn't feel right. Like I freaking love Instagram, but only because that's like where all my friends are. But whenever I try to actually, when I think about what it actually is, it's, it's very, it's not very fulfilling to me. It has this infinite scroll feature and it's very, it has all the search features that show you flashy things according to, you know, what you like. And, and to me, it just feels like it's not where I want to spend the rest of my life. And so that's where I'm like, okay, well, what, how do I want to socially interact in a digital space? How do I want to connect with my friends and family in a way that feels more fulfilling or feels more um, exciting? And so, yeah, um, I guess to kind of like, tie that one up it's it comes down to a lot of uh critical thinking a lot of writing out and a lot of designs and then a lot of partnerships a lot of agreements lots and lots of documents and as we're shifting right now from being an llc to dissolving into um a, a token that's held within different countries around the world all kinds of uh How's you know legal calls and there's definitely a lot of stuff and, and luckily we have Daniel who's just a savant in the space as far as taking on that CEO role and Zayla in the strategy space as far as like partnerships and a lot of that stuff. My job's definitely quite a bit, probably more colorful than theirs a lot of times. And so, you know, I spend most of my time in the, in the, the more boring sides of what I do is more like press and, and actually writing out the copy for how we're, bringing these partnerships and agreements and these structures to the public in a beautiful way. Awesome. Um, let's say that we're in an age where we just have awesome smart glasses and the metaverse is just here and everybody's using it as often as Instagram. Where would um, Totem fit into that world? Like what would that, what would the user experience be? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm personally obsessed with developing optical tech stacks. I think our eyes are like one of the coolest parts of, of the human. My background really comes from uh, working with cameras and telling stories and, and creating emotions within the way that a camera can receive light and in a way that um, you can take those light frames and edit them together within a timeline and, and tell, create a digital asset that um, can be stored and viewed forever if you, you know, store it correctly. And um, so I'm personally very interested in that space. And um, I, I'm kind of obsessed with this like internal retina display where like you can use organic light and use very minimal energy to um, work with the way that the light actually comes into our eyes. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting concept, but in a lot of ways it's, it's no different than me looking at the screen and the way that the light comes into my eyes. It's just possibly a little bit more um, 
the term invasive isn't correct, but it's more, you know, biological. Yeah. Um, But in in a lot of that space of like, Oh, well, like how does the tech interact with the human biology? It can be a little weird. It can be a little, it can create, you know, certain maybe fears or anxieties because of the way that sci-fi movies have displayed it before where it it takes over you or, you know, you're putting things in your brain. And and I don't, I personally don't like any of that. I, I like the flow of like, having having sovereignty having you know a, a certain presence over your own digital sovereignty and i think that's another part of like the whole zoe projects where it's that's what it's all about is like maintaining and governing your digital sovereignty um and that's that's a lot of the core value of the opal white paper that we're writing which is basically totem's system its flow and and the way we're presenting our theory and to to the world and so to answer your question totem very much fits into the space of like working with earth's natural rhythms to create you know a a harmony between the digital and the physical um it's in it's inevitable that it's here and that it's full you know you can hop in vr and it's a crazy experience um but i think that vr again doesn't quite allow you to maintain full sovereignty between realms it's you put your glasses on or you put your goggles on and you are fully in there and your consciousness or your awareness of this place is dissolved and so your physical sovereignty is kind of at you know at uh not in danger but it's you know it's (laughs) it's slightly taken over in a different way so um again to answer your question totem is going to build and get into all of it, you know, hardware, software, creating these systems. But the goal is to use it, build it in a, in a DAO format. So our community is here with us and we're building strong and, and we want to run all things by everybody. And especially when it comes down to digital sovereignty. Um, and then part two of that would be that, yeah, this physical digital interoperability will, um, will and should create a different way of, um, social interaction that is pulls away maybe from this notion of like an infinite scroll or addictive escapism or you know different kind of like rabbit holes like that and hopefully as we pay attention to like our human selves and understanding what digital sovereignty is um we'll find out this the coolest way to play these games I mean, as tech evolves, it, it is kind of always weird from going from the past to the future. I mean, phones are kind of weird and like from definitely a past perspective of in comparison to like AR, uh, I'm sure people were like, people would describe phones as invasive. People have it on them 24-7 and there's probably some weird radiation with it. Um, For sure. And especially try try to imagine telling someone about an iPhone that lived in the year 1836, like it would trip out, you know, it's not too long ago either. (laughs) Yeah. And that's one of my favorite quotes. Um, it says like the future is different, but it's also rooted in today's culture. So, you know, I think it's, I think there's this fear or this like societal, like collective thought that like this this like quantum overtaking of tech is going to like 
there was there's like a breaking point where ai comes out and like takes over and i just like i i personally don't i don't believe that i think that it's it, it's it's going to be rooted in today's culture and the the mechanics of the world we know um it's it's balanced it's there's a there's a toroidal mathematic equation within what we exist in a, an energy force if you will that's um that has a rhythm and that rhythm is here to work with us do you have that equation off top so i have it tattooed on my leg actually <laughs> is it what is it the uh uh so it's like V equals some some pi to the second power. <laughs> I can pull it up. And what but, is that? Is there a name for it? Yeah, it's the it's just the uh, the equation for the torus. It's a T O R U S, and so that's kind of this like it's the most scalable equation. It's like the breadth of the universe. And so when you get into um, the toroidal fields, it's like every human has one. It's like this. It's this infinite energy loop that an earth has one that's why a lot of people think the earth's flat because it actually kind of looks more like a donut you know and less of a it's not a perfect sphere it's kind of <laughs> oh that yeah that shape yeah <laughs> uh yeah i used to mess with 3d modeling and that was the name of that and i was like i've never heard of that shape <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one of my favorites if you hop in our telegram group and do backslash xander it just pops up with a, <laughs> a tourist <laughs> very nice uh, as we kind of wrap up, um, I did want to say, like, you know, as, as AR goes, as, as tech evolves, um, and it gets more, like, biological, there's going to be a thing of, like, people's trust will be from, like, people have to trust it, you know? And as, as blockchain kind of helps with, like, transparency of technology, and you kind of see that with, like, even just companies going forward, that people are getting more pressured to be like transparent about even just like money or ethics. Um, you said like culture is, is a p important part of the technology. I think that going forward, people that are making web three stuff um, kind of have to be intentful with it or else it, it could get pretty sticky in some places. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. Uh, uh, wrapping up. I don't know. You wanna you wanna talk about the Zoid release real quick? Yeah, yeah. And just one another yeah, quick thing to add to the you mentioned the word intention. I think that's really what this comes down to. I think that's what a lot of our community is built off of, is the fact that like we have spent a lot of time in, in putting in intentional value to the community, and so that's what that's what you might see in the totem. It's, it's got different sections that represent the different energy sectors that connect to this crystal. And there's a certain essence, a certain ancient essence to like what it stands for. And, and ultimately it comes down to a, a sacred intentional way that humans flow together. And, uh, and that's kind of what this T E K is for us tech. Like it's, it's not technology. It's not, it's not T-E-C-H, like Captain Crunch, cheap, like quick solution, band-aid feel. This is like ancient intelligence, not artificial intelligence. This is like well pieced together and, and rooted in stillness and, and rooted in, in 
Um, yeah, just flowing with nature. And, and nature is very intentional the way that it moves energy around or moves resources around the world using this mycelium type network. Um, the way that the birds move the seeds, it's all, it's all very intentional and it's not just like quick grabs to make money. The earth doesn't care about that, you know? Um, so anyways, to answer your question, um, could you repeat it again about the zoids? <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, go, going to grabs of money, it, it's been a successful launch though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we like money. I like money. I like I like moving it around. It's, it's really fun and it does require a certain level of management. Um, and so as we locked in the, the sellout, um, yeah, there's money in the account and it's cool, you know? And so, you know, but it costs a lot of money to have dev teams and we got 50 people on the core team. You can see it on our site and it's just like, yeah, everyone, everyone's got to eat. And so the difference with our approach on how we manage money, it, it comes down to the root of the way that Daniel Zayla and I work, where it's like, we're, we're all split equal on the project. And so if one of them's got to eat, then I get to eat too. Or if I got to eat, then they get to eat too. And so as we extend this out to the next level of our core team, um, making sure that energy exchanges are balanced and, and everyone's happy and, and showing up, it's, it's a different approach. It's not so corporate. It's definitely more family and, uh, you know, we also have the community treasury, we have the Zoid vault. And so we, we've set this whole operation up to be able to, um, operate in a way that takes care of everybody, but it also leaves room to scale and leaves room for marketing and leaves room for, um, yeah, make sure even all the developers are eating well. And yeah, it's a, we do, we do try to, um, operate in a somewhat premium way so that, it, it feels really good. Mm -hmm. I do also think that might be a difference from the past web to this web. Is that Someone said things that wouldn't be valued like monetarily before is now able to be done on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes it a, a premium model. Cool. 100%. What, uh, you got any uh, a last sentence for people? Anything you want to say? Anything you guys uh, want to tease out? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm most excited for the fact that now everyone who holds their keys and everyone that holds their zoids um, can, you know, play around with the secondary, and it's all it's all out there. It's all open, and, and anyone can hop in right now. It's a it's an open community with a certain you know buy-in to show that you mean that you want to be here. And, uh, you know, next, next steps are creating the platform. And so we have our MVP that's going to roll out pretty soon. And within that MVP comes all kinds of fun stuff because we're also dropping our citizen token here, um, in the next three days. And so as the Zoid project holds the keys and the citizen pro project is very much the essence or the glue of the totem ecosystem, um, you know, the DAO will unlock soon. The community features will unlock soon and, and i'm really excited for the staking missions where people can lock their zoids in into spaceships and send them off onto missions around the around the uh you know the zayla metaverse and create and generate rewards with them um but the part of the zoid project i'm most excited about is the fact that we've tied them to genetics that ties them to 13 different planets and so it's going to be interesting to observe how the secondary works where it's like, 
you know, Zayla comes in and, and announces a new mission and it says, oh, you need a Zara, you need a Zar, and you need a Lyran. And so all of a sudden everyone's going to scramble and be like, oh, well, shit, like my Zoid that I paid point whatever for, I it's not valued in the way that I thought the secondary market was going to hold value. I need a Zar to go on this mission because the reward's greater over there than it is on this open sea secondary market, right? So I'm just excited to see like what how this flows and, and what type of value it creates and for everyone that's joined in with us so early now. Right on. Uh, where can people go? Um, yeah, totem.earth is our main site. And then anywhere across the different socials, uh, totem.earth or totem.earth on Twitter, I believe. And zela.earth is a other site um and that's in discord if you look up totem earth on discord that's probably the main place where everyone will receive you so anyone who's interested in anything hop into any of the chats in discord and we've got the most amazing team that's just there tons of moderators everyone it, after all this is this is all about web3 integration so it's like come on like come down and like let's hang out and talk about cool shit awesome appreciate the time thank you very much <laughs> Bless. See ya. Thank you, guys. Thank you.